Oh, good morning, everybody. It's the Men's Mental Health Show. Brad Spillane here. Uh, got a good show ahead. We've got uh, Christian Mortensen, a local paramedic, who's been on and done a number of shows. And John Milham's back to join us. Uh, Bodie's overseas in NZ, visiting family and, and friends. Uh, big thanks to Mounties Group for, for showing their ongoing support of the show. Also, too, to RBM here at uh, Radio Blue Mountains. There's also uh, there's a Christmas raffle that they've got going online here, thanks to the Bendigo Bank. The tickets are $5 for one, or you can get 5 for 20 or 15 for 50 just get in touch with us here at uh, RBM. Boys, it's, it's such a lovely day out here oh, today. Warm. Toomba. Summer. So, hey, Muzi, um, it's, it's, yes. it's great to have you back, Thanks, man. thanks for having me back. It's yeah. been a few months, maybe. It's been a minute, isn't that what we say these yeah. days? That's what my, my yeah. 21-year-old told me. It's been a few months yeah, since I've been here, and life has been very full in that mm. time, I would have to say. It's been a tough month, mate. It's yeah. been a, a, a challenging couple of months, I yeah. would say. A yeah. challenging couple of months. Yeah, mate. Uh, for me, it's about um, it's been about fathers mm. of all things and loss of fathers. Mm. Uh, my father passed away uh, maybe three or four weeks ago, and going through that journey with him, I was very fortunate that I was there. Actually, yeah. uh, not when he passed away, but in the in the weeks preceding. Mm. Uh, his uh, his uh, when he passed away, but I had the opportunity. I'd been given some leave, mm. and I had travelled to Victoria. I was down there in Gippsland with him, and he was getting progressively sicker, which meant that I was there looking after him. And I was the only family member that was down there. He was in his he was eighty three at that time. Yeah, yeah. And he had had a long illness, uh, as many men do of his generation. He'd sure. been a smoker since right. he was a teenager. Right. And had only really stopped smoking in the last maybe ten years, and as a consequence of that, that that the disease mm. of emphysema mm. and what that does to mm. people is mm. is absolutely brutal. It mm. really is. Mm. And mm. Uh, unless you've seen it, witnessed it, you know we have warnings on cigarette packets about how uh, smoking causes mm. you know destruction of lung tissue, emphysema. But until you've actually seen the reality of what mm. that looks like, mm. uh, and it's just a concept in your head, you've got no idea of how yeah. terrible it is. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so short of breath that he couldn't even walk, you know, three metres without trying wow. to catch his breath at home. And and what they tend to do is they tend to, they're working so hard all the time, they just drop all their body mass. Right. Um, right. You know, your emphysema patient, typ- typically the medical term we use is cahexic, which basically means skeletal. Right. Uh, you drop all your body mass or your muscle and your, your capabilities for moving around and right. being right. independent and that puts you at risk of falls and... Things like that, and and then you just go through this spiral of of disease that's that's difficult. So he went through that, and very much a lesson in uh, not what to do in your life. Don't don't be smoking unfiltered cigarettes uh, for the for your, for your life because, because it'll he, he was. I remember when it would have been twelve months, maybe a little longer. Yeah. But you almost lost him. He was yeah. Not... He'd had a few, he'd had a few events, um, yeah. a few medical events, some heart disease, uh, mm. had some heart surgery, valve replacement, things like that. And in the end, what took him out was he had a stroke. He yeah. had a series of strokes right. and right. then became septic, right. uh, as in he had an infection in yeah. his bloodstream yeah. and that, that's what finished him up. And uh, in, in the end, we were, I was very grateful, actually, mm. strangely, paradoxically grateful that he'd finally passed away mm. just so that he didn't have to struggle mm. anymore, yeah. you know, the daily struggle. Mm. So he's, uh, he's at peace. Yeah. Mate, I'm... You know, I love you, mate. You, I take my hat off to you, Muzzy, because, you, you know, it was the show before this some eight weeks ago where 
you spent a good hour trying to work on your your your, yes. your, your former father-in-law. That's right. Yes, and and just how difficult um, that would have been. And there was some tension prior to your father-in-law's mm. passing with your former mother-in-law. Yeah, that's right. And you know just how that sort of healed that yes. uh, that yes. scar, so yeah. to speak. But mate, kudos, mate. Yeah. I just I, I think the world here, mate. Well, and, and it's maybe it's maybe it's the age where we're at too, yeah. where our parents. Are, I'm in my mid fifties now, and our parents. Are, you know, if they were, mm. if you were, they were in their sort of twenties and thirties when you were born. Yeah. Mm. Um, you know, so they're elderly now. Yeah, and I'm seeing that amongst quite a few of my friends, where they're looking at putting their parents into care, residential care, yeah. or you know, their parents have got you know, serious disease and. And that sort of thing. That's that's if they if you're lucky enough to have mm. them live that long. Not mm. everyone is that lucky. No. no. Um, so look, it's been a, it's been quite a journey, and a really interesting journey as well. Yeah. Um, in terms of spending the time with him leading up to uh, him being hospitalised, um, trying to resolve some stuff around his life and mm. issues of family and things like that, but then also going through that process of celebrating his life. Yeah. And the funeral process, writing a eulogy, mm. um, organising a, a wake and a celebration, yeah. uh, contacting people. Um, and we haven't even really even touched mm. on the, the legal ramifications yet of what that means. Yeah. Um, yeah. That will develop over the next few months. Mm. Um, but it, it, and, and then seeing and then coming together as a family and as a community mm. uh, and what that meant. And mm. that, you know, Can I ask you a couple of questions? Sure. Yeah. So... The process of, of sharing that end of lifetime with your yeah. dad, what did you learn? The, well, I learned that life, life is limited. In limited? Limited in, in, a, in a time, time sense. Yeah. Life is limited in a time sense. And what we're doing, and I think even here, what we're doing now, what we're talking about is optimising our time, yeah. Yeah. Uh, making our time meaningful, worthwhile. And he really, um, he really embraced life. Like he was productive right to the end and was making art right until his final weeks. In fact, he had a, you know, his last painting up on the, up on the easel mm. uh, as he sort of went into hospital. Mm. So that, that is, that's an important learning for me is that to uh, remain engaged he was always engaged. Like life was difficult. There were days that were difficult yeah. for him, obviously, yeah. where he was uh, wasn't as as productive as he would have liked to have been. But he was always engaged, and he his background was Danish background, mm. and uh, he sort of relied upon the sort of philosophies of his father. Now, my grandfather sailed on the tall ships, mm. wow. had a life at sea, <laughs> yeah. uh, got shipwrecked, survived being shipwrecked when many of the crew did not. Yeah. Um, ran a bullock team. Wow. Um, lived in the bush for a long time. Uh, walked from hundreds of kilometres through the bush to get from Melbourne to a Danish settlement in Gippsland. Mm-hmm. And uh, and fathered a, you know my dad and his siblings. So and he, his Danish philosophy was always, I guess, uh, it was a bit austere. It was about mm. being strong. Yeah. Um, and almost, I mean, the Danish philosophy for them was, uh, I guess, like just sort of soldiering, soldiering on, I yeah, guess, in, in a way. Yeah, they're a bit formal. Yeah, yeah. Um, my dad wasn't so much like that, but when he needed to, he could sort of call back on that and sort mm. of say, come on, Kevin, let's, you know, 
let's um, stiff stiff upper lip kind of thing. Let's let's see if we can get on with it. Um, let's see if let's see if we can get on with life. Um, carry on, kind of thing. A little bit uh, British, perhaps even something along those lines. Yeah. yeah. So, but um, the lessons I learned. Well, hmm, I guess there's there's I've, it's it's been a journey. Yeah, like absolutely. Having in, yeah. in my life. And we had lots of lessons. In fact, I actually even compiled a list oh, good. of lessons. Wow. But they were a little bit frivolous at times. Yeah, well. You yeah. know, funny. Little, what little is death but an opportunity to make an inappropriate you know, joke? Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Well, I tried to limit that <laughs> as much as I could. I, in the eulogy, I wanted to keep it meaningful, but at the same time have people laugh. There's a great belief yeah, that people absolutely. to be able to have a laugh fantastic. at a funeral. Yeah. And uh, it's appreciated. Mm. Yeah. I had plenty of opportunity to discuss stories about my father and the times that he made people laugh. But the list that I compiled was things like um, uh, when you uh, wash a breadboard that's wooden, wash both sides so that the wood doesn't bow. Wow. And you've got a flat breadboard. Man, that's useful. I'm going to add that but to my Particularly to my with list. pizza. Yeah. yeah wow. Like a, yeah. I get constantly told after I cut the pizza on the breadboard that apparently I've got to wipe the breadboard down. Hmm. I always thought it was just like the washing basket. I've got this magic washing basket. Yeah, but yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, yeah closing it and you come back an hour later. They're <laughs> gone. Yeah. Yeah. The, the, um, the elves. Things that like um, when you sharpen a knife, um, wipe the blade down before you use it. Oh, because so of the shavings. The shavings. Yeah. That yeah. Things yeah. like that. Uh, but then there were lessons like um, when a mouse dies, initially <laughs> it stinks. But if you ignore it for long enough, <laughs> it become, okay. eventually oh God, the, the smell, smell goes, goes away. away. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> nice. And in fact, in, in, in cleaning up his house, uh, now we're talking about a studio space right. full of sculpture right. and uh, a cross between a, an art gallery, <laughs> uh, a workshop <laughs> and, uh, and a living place. But uh, there was, we discovered somewhere in the, between 12 and 20 Mice. Wow. At different yeah. at different stages of decomposition. I've got, got that issue at the home at the moment. They're <laughs> just everywhere, you know. Yeah. They're little bush mice. They're, they're little bush mice. Yeah. That's the thing. When you live in the bush, you've actually yeah. got to put up with the rodents. Yeah. Um, yeah. So there is that. Um, you've so got to have, learn to love your mice. You've yeah. got to learn to love your mice. <laughs> Other things, you know, included <laughs> stuff like uh, when you fish for trout, uh, cast upstream and work your way upstream from downstream to upstream. Cast upstream and let the, the bait or the lure or the fly, float down past you, right up th- through your feet even if it needs yeah, to be yeah. and because there can often be a, a trout right at your feet and you don't yeah, even know it. Yeah. So there are little, you know, little funny little lessons like that. that gems, absolutely. Little, little, little gems. Little, little Bobby Dazzlers. Being, so, little yeah. About being, and then a whole bunch of stuff about <laughs> art and how to make art and, yeah, you know, important stuff. Like um, to be an artist, yeah. there's only one requirement and that's make art. Make so, art. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So common sense, true stuff. wisdom, true wisdom, yeah. true wisdom, true wisdom, and he and had he had plenty of that too. Yeah. Well, the definition, uh, you know, my definition of wisdom, I think I've shared before, is that uh, you know, inputs everywhere. Knowledge is when we pay a little bit of attention, and wisdom is when we learn to use that knowledge yes. for, our, yes. for the benefit of ourselves and others. Yes, mm. yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, I like that. Yeah. So, yeah. and and of course, the next stage, however we describe describe it, is. Probably that stage of handing on your wisdom. Yes, mm. the completion mm. of the hero's journey. Mm. Right when you actually come back mm. uh, with your wisdom and you use that to in- improve your community or the you know the, the tribe. Yeah, your family. Is that what we're doing here? I, I hope so. Imparting a bit of wisdom. I hope so because uh, the hero's journey involves at some point 
death and rebirth, apotheosis, yeah. mm. right? And I feel like I've done that, right? Mm. So I would really hope that uh, that I've, I'm now handing back whatever, you know, wisdom I've managed to, mm. you know, like it's, you know, you know, whether you call it that or not, handing back whatever I've gone through in some form that, it, you know, helps to improve mm. the capacity of the people around me. Yeah, the spirit of yeah. the elder. Yeah, awesome. exactly. And that's that that whole and of course the hero's journey, which is a journey around discovery, you know, trials and tribulations, and 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 reaching out for help. Yeah. Because magical aid is there. The concept of you know who is Arthur's Merlin? Who is your Merlin? Mm-hmm. Mm. Yeah, I like that, man. Let's 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 delve into it. Let's move into help. Yeah. Well, I, I, I did. You know, we did. We did. I, I did make mention earlier of that's been on my mind. And yeah. Of course, mm. And it's interesting because, you know, my experience, my father died a few years ago and my experience of putting all that together was his incredible legacy of which I wasn't a huge part of. Okay. Right, so I, you know, like I'm so uh, delighted by your, um, you know, beautiful description of your father and, and, uh, and how you describe, mm. you know, what his import on you and the world, right? Mm. And, I, like, I recognise the talents and gifts of my father but and I also had to work through the gap between the archetypal father that he you know that I had inside my heart that I recognise as yeah. you know as our legacy as a man yeah. as a son of a man we get a sense of who our father should be right? yeah. and um, the reality the gap falls short and yes. I think so often men struggle with coming to terms with the gap between the archetypes mm. with who we intrinsically i think it's dna level right yeah, i think that yeah. hero's journey is in every 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 bloke's um genetic inheritance it, it, absolutely yeah. and it's also an understanding of who our archetypes are yeah right? right and i think that the reason archetypes have consistently been brought up over time is because they remain relevant to mm. our understanding of the mm. world yeah mm. so and I think one of the great challenges of the modern block is we don't get a chance to reconcile the difference between our childhood and our sense of what we should deserve. Yes. You know, looking at archetypes, you know, whether it's King Arthur or Santa Claus. And then... The reality. The reality of yeah. our dads. Yeah. And our, of course, many... Our dads, you know, you and I in that age group, our dads were either the ch- children of men... Who had suffered in war yes, and that's right. social upheaval, yeah. and the grandchildren of men who did the same, and then the great grandchildren of men who did the same. Integrated, mm. Mm. yeah, and then you know the social challenges of that time, sure. the industrial revolution right through. So mm. for several generations, yeah, we're mm. inheriting this trauma. Yeah. yeah, yeah, right. And our fathers and our relationship with our fathers, right? If you could get someone who had come to a point of wisdom and rec- reconciliation, knew his place in the world, which mm. it yes. sounds like your dad yeah. did. No, he did. He did know where he was, and he um, he wrote, um, you know, some po- he wrote poetry. He made art. He he uh, made sculpture, performance, all sorts of all sorts of artistic expressions of his. And his stuff was actually a lot of it was based around the archetype archetypes of fatherhood, mm. his father, his mother. Mm. And, um, you know, things like, um, you know, mortality, uh, animism, you know, the, mm. the place of an- mm. animal spirits, shamanism. Um, he, and, 
and and you know subtle understandings and 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 plays on puns on on things in in the world. Yeah. Um, he was very focused on 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 the bird, on the motif of the bird and the bird man. And if you look him up, yeah, Kevin Mortensen. Yeah. You'll see yeah. a lot of his work is based around that in performance as mm. well as mm. Uh, mm. in sculpture and painting, <clears throat> and uh, and you know references to his dad. He had a he had a picture. He had a, a sculpture, an installation, which was about his father, which was a large step ladder, uh, a recreation of a step ladder my grandfather had built, um, who was a sort of a sort of a very practical, hands-on kind of guy, and this large step ladder was covered with a cowl. A, a dark cow. When you say cow, like a like a like a blanket, okay, like a blanket, like like a shroud, okay, yeah, yeah, okay. And and then there was a, a large snake that he had made, which was coiling away, right, like the spirit, sort of leaving the this cowled yeah. uh, shrouded like stepladder. Yeah, it was, yeah, and it was actually spiritual. Yeah, it was very. Yeah. It was quite a powerful piece. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah, it's hard to describe without, I guess, yeah. seeing the pictures of it. But uh, yeah, so, and of course, when we're talking about archetypes and fathers, we cross-reference with our the work that we do ourselves too, and Absolutely. as fathers and well, yeah. our relationships to our children. Absolutely, and and the concept, you know, my my concept of. Um, you know, the process of one's you hard won wisdom is is evident, right? Mm. You 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 become, you know, you mentioned elder, right? You become an elder, right? And an elder's role is to is to be a resource, resource to his community, resource to his family, resource yes. to the world, yes, right? And I love that you you know, you are you you are a resource in a practical sense, right? That's who you are every yeah. day when you mm. put on your uniform and, and assist people who need your practical assistance. And this, of course, is another form of like, yeah, of practical assistance, where you are the aid to someone who is in in need, who is having trials and tribulations. Mm, right? mm. This time, where the kind of emotional, psychological pra- medic, as opposed yeah, that's to, right, is, is on the ground. And, and particularly, like my focus is on on being, you know, exploring not in a I'm telling you way, but in a walk with you way, right? Yeah. Which yeah. is like everyone yeah. tries to say, mm. because I understand that um, some of the real challenges in the in the in the society now, and I focus on men because that's my choice and that's my place of you know yeah. of, that's, uh, that's awareness. A specialty, mm. yeah. but um, uh, some of the real challenges are around some of interpreting. Like your your dad helped you interpret yes. his legacy yeah. in some ways and that beautiful opportunity you had, yeah. the gift he gave you of sharing some of those last moments. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, and that level of interpretation is not available to so many men. They're trying to struggle with their legacies, mm, mm. the legacy of their parents and mm, grandparents, mm, the legacy yeah. of, the, of their history, of their culture, of sure. their experiences. They, they haven't understood them. No, yes. no, and maybe they don't even have you know they've had they haven't had access to their fathers or, you know. I, I, I heard this horrendous. Really point, I heard this horrendous anecdotal, uh, you know, uh, the um, um, the story of a man who has de- devoted his life to helping other other people, you know, young people and particularly men, and he was talking about how he believed, you know, uh, the in the the circumstances of so many young people struggling. He said he reckons, you know, it would be a 1% of people who had 
access to their parents in that circle. One percent. Wow. Yeah. So he just he was saying ninety nine percent of his of his wow, experience man. in yeah. in the area he was focusing on, yeah, which was really sort of you know you know challenging behaviour yeah. and stuff. Yeah. Uh, was um, they just dads were not available, yeah, or well, they were yeah, inappropriate, or they were um, you know unhelpful, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, or even part of the problem. Yeah. Well, right? historically, yes, I can believe that. Like my grandfather, he went to sea yeah. at age ten, wow. Wow. you know, yeah. and uh, didn't have access. And he was a uh, surf. He came from a surf's family in yeah. Denmark, yeah. Uh, where he was um, given to the local farmer to as a yeah. labourer. Yeah. Uh, to help pay for the family costs. They had a lump of sugar on a piece of string that used to hang from the table where they could dip a lump of sugar into their tea, you know, at the end of the day just to sweeten their life a little bit. Wow. mm. Sorry to to, to jump in here because it's so, uh, you know, I I, I see what you're talking about here, John and, and Christian. It's, you know, our father's coming from, you know, it just abhorrent upbringings, right? And but then I, I I sort of look at other fathers my age, and I see how much we've evolved at becoming better as fathers. As much as we, I guess, there's an identity crisis issue going on in many ways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I don't know, and 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 I sort of ask my questions. What do I what do I attribute? Is that because I guess we're, we're learning more? Is it because we've we've put aside corporal punishment? Um, with discipline and we're, we're allowing children to... Yeah, yeah I think it all plays a part. Can I ask you sure, one question? Sure. How many podcasts did, did you think your father listened to before he had you? Uh, none. Did you listen to like when now yeah. as a young father? Sure, sure. Did, did you do you listen to podcasts or did you read a book about fathering or did you ask no, some questions? No, yeah, no. But I, now I, you do. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, and did you are you encouraging your son to to be more aware of that? Yes. Yeah. So it's a process, right? Yeah. So yeah, yeah we are we have benefited. Culture moves on. Yeah. yeah. What what changes isn't the fact that that um, uh, there are problems, right? We have problems. What changes is the nature of them, right? Right. And it's interesting because we look at the past and say that was a problem, but it's not a problem now, mm, and we right. think we're improving. Yes. But we just haven't recognised that that, in, <laughs> that, that, that area. The, the consequences yeah. of improving in that space yeah. creates room for other spaces to go wrong. Yes. So mm-hmm. when the the quality, so dads are uh, you know perhaps more aware, perhaps more. But they, you know, one of the things that happened in the seventies mm. were dads became absent yes. for reasons that were considered positive. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. So they, they their contribution to fatherhood was like 60 hours a week at corporate, in yes. a corporate environment. Yes, mm. yes. And one of the classics is I heard it on a, um, I heard it on a, a podcast uh, about a guy who works with Indigenous population, but he came from a private school background where he was, right. he was like a, a, you know, a, a working class kid in that private school background. I was listening to it on Kentucky Heroes and it was, and he said, you know, rich kids can be really, really cruel. Yeah. And he goes, it comes from a place where they're just, you know, privilege hasn't helped them. <laughs> In fact, as I've heard them, right? Now, I know that's a blanket statement. Sure. But I've seen that kind of uh, evidence that socioeconomic advantage doesn't help you survive uh, the kick in the nuts that life can deliver, right? right? Mm-hmm. And your response to it can, in, ver- in some ways be determined by how much you've learnt by your by tough experiences already. Okay. So in yeah. some circumstances, 
you're better prepared having nothing in life mm. to deal with some of life's worst yes. challenges yes, yes, yeah, than sure. when you had everything in life mm. yeah. and you never really got into the trenches yeah. in forever. Oh, you yeah. see that, yeah. yeah. There's, yeah. there's a... Um, a, a yeah, Danish point, author, yeah. go on a slight tangent, a Danish author by the name of Peter Frushen, who was an amazing man. He's worth looking up. Yeah. Uh, he lived into his 70s. Uh, he was a Danish explorer, explored in the Arctic, lived with Eskimos, had an Eskimo wife, yeah. had children up there, up in Greenland. And he was an author. He wrote many, many books, uh, which uh, you can find you know, through secondhand bookshops. Right. Now... Uh, the reason why I bring this up is he was describing the Eskimo way of life, which mm. is very difficult mm. uh, in Greenland. And he described uh, one man who um, was the luckiest man in the community, right? Mm. And this, we're talking about uh, 1920. We're talking about very subsistence hunter-gatherer yeah. living. Yeah. Now, mm. this guy was the luckiest man in the community. And the reason why he was so lucky was because as a child, he had lived through a, the Great uh, Famine... Right. And during that famine, all his siblings had passed away. His mm. mother had actually, rather than let the children starve, had actually killed the children, had euthanized them, wow. rather than let them starve. Wow. This yeah. is up in, up in the frozen wow. north. Now, he was of an age, he was about seven or eight years old, and he had pleaded with his mother to survive right. and said, I won't be a burden to you. And he spent the year eating rabbit droppings and moss right. that he could scrounge off rocks. Wow. And then the situation changed. Uh, the game became more fruitful, as in when they were hunting, they found game, mm. uh, food w- returned and so on. Now, he was the luckiest man in the community because he had been through absolute hell, mm. had managed to get through it, and nothing mm. would ever surmount to the difficulties that he had endured as a child. Yeah. Yeah. And they thought that were, he, they, they, he just thought he was the luckiest guy alive. And, and, and the worst nightmare nowadays for a parent is to say drive to Coffs Harbour without the kids having an iPad in the back seat. You yeah, know? yeah. Like, that's hell. On yeah, it. Yes. You yeah. Know? That, 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 that's true. It's interesting because that's exactly the concept I was listening to in this. Like, yep. the idea that, um, uh, and I, I think I said, said this to you, mate, that it takes a lot to make me feel like I'm. Um, Broken? Was yeah. It, was well, it yeah, yeah. I was, I was just saying to feel like I'm, you know, miserable. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. We're, we're just outside of rugby. We're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, don't. <laughs> everything goes back to the old blokes. This talk about a like a you know national level delusion. But mm. anyway, carry mm. on. Sorry, John. Uh, no, it's good for a mental health, you know, in person interest, right? But um, uh, the yeah, the idea like. Uh, and, uh, you know, like, it was interesting you talked about your dad's emphysema and, of course, um, I, I'm uh, recovering from sepsis, right? Yes. So, yeah. And part of that experience was having uh, a massive, you know, restricted breath. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'm st- so grateful for that experience. Now, I've, you know, I've now, now managed to come back, right? Yep. Yeah, yeah, and I'm within normal limits in mm. terms of capacity to breathe, which is handy. Mm. But what what... There was a period of time there where I used to sit and I was just telling the story. Of, and forgive Lissas for, you know, for the graphic nature of it, but I would sit there um, husbanding my breath, right? Mm. You know, not trying to move too much because uh, once you got into a deficit, it yeah. became, it didn't just attack, it, you didn't just feel bad, right? Mm. You felt like you were dying. Mm. Like mm. Because yeah. mm. whatever happens when you have no breath in your body, mm. 
is essentially, I think, a preview of yeah, death, yeah, right? That yeah, period of dying. Yeah. And your brain reacts in a very specific way. Well, it sure does. And it scares the crap yeah, out of you. Anxiety, fear. Yeah. And that anxiety, the, bre- the c- discomfort doesn't stay, mm. but the anxiety does. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. So I would sit there mm. needing to go to the toilet. Mm. Right. Uh, you know, to, and I would sit there and wait to the point where I literally had abdominal pain yeah. um, because the effort involved in getting up and walking to the toilet would mean that I would be breathless and that breathless would trigger a level of anxiety yeah. that was just overwhelming. Yeah, yeah. Now, isn't that weird? Mm. I was so grateful for that experience now because it's very difficult to be afraid of something when you've gone through and been... Tempered with that kind of yes, that's right. Right. experience. That's right. Yes. That's right. So it sets you carry a yard, that scars. A, yeah, it's a stick, yeah. doesn't it? So by which yeah. you measure the rest of your life. So if I've if I yeah. have if well I said if I spent twelve months practicing dying, mm. yeah. it's very difficult for me mm. to have a fear of death. Now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, unlike people who've had near death experiences, yeah. you know, and I hear one of two I, things: yeah. they absolutely yeah. are terrified of death now, or they're yeah. very accepting of it. Yeah. Because I I hear it all the time at the men's table. We are, every man there pretty much talks about that, and they're, mm. they're look fair enough. They're twenty, mm. twenty five, thirty years older than me. Some of them, but I, you know, I'm not. I don't. Yeah, I just accept if it's my time, it's my time. That's mm. that's where I'm at. I'm, yeah. I'm truly, I'm not a. You know. Well, see, he ha- he was under the delusion that yeah. he thought that he would just basically die in his sleep. In right. fact, he did die in his sleep. Right. But there was uh, there was a journey leading up to that, mm. which was mm. extremely debilitating. Yeah. Uh, where he there was a progressive decline, right. and uh, he became less and less functional each day, and had gone from. Being a you know a very capable man to really wouldn't accept guests anymore, lest he have to right. get up and go to the toilet, or they see him profoundly short of breath, or that's things a, like that, or a, in pain and unable to a, manage his pain. That's an amazing thing because I have a theory, and I'll you know issue a theory alert again, right? Um, that men don't die of their physical ailments; they die because they decide to die because of loss of, loss of dignity. Mm. Mm-hmm. So shame kills us. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. There was a component of that. Yeah. My, shame, my dad shame kills us, and my dad took steps. Mm. You know, so yeah, what you, you could classify. We we only recently mm. spoke about mm. it, but mm. uh, you know, as suicide, right? And I think it became a case where he could no longer live with his changed circumstance out because of yeah. a sense of shame and, mm. a, and you know, mm. a, a sense of failing, mm. you know, yes. a sense of fear of mm. his legacy. Yeah. I think men don't fear pain right. so much as they fear the loss of yeah. um, their identity, yeah. 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 the things yes. that they hang on to, yeah. like um, yeah. you know, who they feel they are, yeah. Yeah. who they feel Man. other people see yeah. them yeah. as. Well, we each hold on within us a, 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 a representation of who yes. we think we are and that's often not... Physically represented in the real world. No, it's us yeah, when we were in yeah, our thirties, yeah. or we were in our forties, or yeah. when we were capable or of undertaking that or, task, or that walk, or that absolutely, you know, that or challenge. it's yeah. it's the attachment to the desire of who we want to be, mm. uh, and the delusion of believing, you know, that we're on that path still, or whatever. Um, uh, it's the mask we often build yeah. to protect our absolutely. and create avoidance. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. it's when you, it's like that process part of. 
the fear of death is the is the fear of being revealed. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Mm. yeah. We were talking partially about this last week. You know, mm. so sadly the, the show didn't record, unfortunately, but. You know, and I was, t- I was really telling you about the dinner I went to, and I got pretty passionate, and yeah. I and I spoke over some of the other guests at this Thanksgiving dinner. It was, yeah. and, and you know, I was so grateful. Someone close to me gave me some really good advice, and I listened to it. And but I was so, I mean, that that scares the shit out. The, the shame I put myself through, and it, it was three or four days for me to get out of that. Mm. Like I was really, really, really angry, or disappointed, ashamed of myself. Mm. For, for that and, and you know and then I saw one of the guys that was there and I said hey man I apologise and he said hey what are you talking about you know and mm. I've just completely over, overreacted, overreacted it? It yeah. with it yeah you know and, and the guy's house it was we had a chat and you know and he accepted the apology and you could see where I was wrong and we spoke about it and it's, it's forgotten yeah but geez I tell you what yeah. man I was so and I that's that's what hammers me yeah the, More than anything, and I think um, so, it's yeah. uh, it's good to uh, surround yourself with people who are, who recognise that we are human and make mistakes, and we're not always at our best, and are prepared to you know say yeah, don't don't, don't stress about it. It's, yeah, it's fine. or but at the same time, he was also prepared to pull me up and yeah. say no, well, this is where and what happened and why. Now that that is where I really appreciate. Yeah. I mean, as sensitive as I am, and I'm, I think I'm as sensitive as any bloke walking around right but but the way that he was able to articulate that and constructively mm. help me move forward it was yeah and also too my friend who was driving home with me in the car was yeah it was mad. and that's what help really is that's what brought that change for me to i guess not allow it to go a week a month or 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 for some other incidences to attach to that yeah. To then really send me into a deep hole, or the clay yeah. pit, as I call it, the one yeah. you, you try and climb out, you slide back down, and all of a sudden we're depressed for three or four months. Yeah, yeah. yeah. They, they, so you hear it called spiraling. Spot. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And the sense that you know we are the victims of our own thoughts, right? Mm. And it's interesting because you know I love the idea that you just put forward the idea of bringing a group together that that offer that. So the model I think yeah. is you need. Lots of groups, right, and groups mm. that will perform functions that are necessary for a man to do a few things. One yeah, of which true. is some housekeeping on their ad, on on their identity. Yeah. Right. So as you said, it's not just who we think we are; it's who we believe we should be. Mm-hmm. It's who we think others see us as. Yeah. Right. It's who we um, compare ourselves to, mm-hmm. and uh, you know that sense of maybe we missed. You know, we're not adequate. So you know what compensation or attitude will I have so you know like young young men now one of the challenges is their archetypes are really unresourceful Mm. you know they're getting their archetypes from online right no longer do they have those are they given that handover of archetypes you know from elders sitting at the fire saying these are the people you you should look up to these Mm. are the people you should model your behavior on yeah right instead they get them on tiktok Mm. or Instagram or mm. YouTube. Mm. And these are blokes who, you know, are making money interfering with people about their normal lives or treating people as jokes or treating, you know, or describing mm. aggression and, mm. and you know, unkindness as yeah. useful. Yeah, it's but, a red herring. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm. And, it's be- and it's not because uh, they're bad kids. It's because they're not given... 
an opportunity to reset and to find useful and resourceful role models, right? Mm. Those archetypes they need to measure the world by are not comparing themselves against Andrew Tate. It's comparing themselves against the, the you know, useful men, strong men who yes. care, who show mm. kindness and strength, yes. Mm. warriors and nurturers, right? Yeah. Who, you know, who develop, you know, who have... Um, the greater good in mind, but also mm. caring uh, and to, to find out and to nurture individuals. Yes. Yeah. Right? Those kind of, and we know that because our archetypes used to be people written in books. Yeah. Right? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, or people, mm. you know, people, they made hero type movies, mm. right? Mm. Not sort of anti hero type movies. Or then we would explore, we would go and find a period where we sat at the feet of gurus and listened to their talk. Mm. Right? You know, like that process. Yeah. 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 And, you know, and our fathers could be, you know, could be a source of information rather than, you know, okay, boomer. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Well, here we are. That's, that's, why, we're, that's why we're podcasting, isn't it? You know, yeah. That's why we have the men's mental Well, because show. my kids don't listen to me, so I've got to find people out there who do. <laughs> right. Thank you for that, mate. Uh, just uh, you're listening to the Men's Mental Health Show here on 89.1 BM FM. Uh, just a, a, a quick, sorry, I've got to just squeeze a couple of these in. I probably should play a few, but it's uh, these, the United Cinemas has been a, a sponsor of the program for a number of years, as well as the station, and uh, we give kudos to those guys, as well as where we're going to after this, uh, to pick up a bite from Mountain High Pies down there at Wentworth oh, Falls. Mountain Jeez, they High make a pie, pies. don't they? How yeah, does a the pie best. down there? Yeah. That's the real reason I turn up here. Yeah, that's it. I know. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, big thanks to those guys. Getting back to the discussion. Yeah, okay. Well, mm. if, you t- if you then say, okay... So men are, um, I agree, mate. Men mm-hmm. have got more resources available to them and they're doing things differently. Sure. What, I, what I do see, though, is, and, and just to get you know, grounded back into a reality, um, you know, um, shame is still a massive driver sure. for, for some of the actions that are, uh, that are um, challenging in the community, right? Our young people are feeling um, alone, isolated, hmm. and men are feeling alone and isolated like never before. Yeah. Women are feeling, you know, they're talking about violence and toxicity, right? I think that um, that conversation is, you know, at the risk of me being cancelled, that conversation is really unhelpful hmm. about men as monsters. Hmm. I agree. Ma- yeah, right. Toxic. Toxic masculinity. It's a horrible, that, horrible. It doesn't work. No, masculinity. Yeah. It's like, you know, I think we said last in the unrecorded show uh, that it's yeah. like toxic shortness, right? Mm. You know, you, you, it is what it is, right? Masculine, feminine, you know, big, small. Mm. What, what we need to do is understand every individual has a path to, to, yes. their, to their legacy. Sometimes that path involves... You know, finding answers to problems. If you don't get help on yeah. finding the answers, yeah. then whatever you come up with may or may not yeah. be helpful. Yeah. You know, all you're doing is trying to solve the big questions, which is where can I be safe? Mm. Where can I seek to grow? Where can I build a legacy? You yeah. Know, they're the yeah. questions men ask, mm. Mm. right? Mm. And, you know, underlying every, sure. every other piece of motivation. Why, why do we connect and why do we seek partners? Because that intimacy, intimate exchange is the ultimate collaboration for survival. Mm. You know, mm. you produce a legacy of children, you produce sure. a legacy of, of family, right? It's a collaboration, right? Mm. It's a safe mm. place. Mm. Men mm. seek safety so that they can, you know, yeah. you know they can explore growth. They yeah. can become the elder mm. that we're all capable of becoming. But those problems aren't being solved with our current culture. No. 
So we're not learning how to be a better bloke. We're or going being off into authentic. All, yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, or your own. Yeah. yeah. So you know, like our corporate, our work persona, we 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 identify more as the role we play than ourselves. Right. Okay. Yeah. yeah so I'm, we're now yeah. seeking labels. Mm, mm, we're seeking. Mm. I'm manager of this. I'm owner yeah. of that. Mm, mm, I'm possessor of this. Dwight Schrute, assistant regional manager to exactly. Yeah. yeah. And 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 that is seen as our uh, that's seen as our identity. Yeah. Mm. So when you walk into a social occasion, people don't say who are you. They say mm. what do you do. Mm. And that's yeah yeah. 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 And and then there goes that perception of where you know we, where we fall down. First of all, as men, is that we have to sort of produce our ego or, 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 almost instantaneously to say absolutely this is what I drive. This is where I live. This is what I made. This is my yeah. success. When yeah. when none of them are about. A man's success, really? Yeah, absolutely. They're and just I, I've been materialistic. Guilty. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And I said I've been guilty of mm. um, of of claiming ego as a bad thing. Now, I don't think ego is it's like masculinity. It's yeah. not good or bad. It's a necessary thing. Sure, men are framed by well, ego. Yes. Ego is a protective process, right? Yeah. You, we need our identity mm. because that reveals our authentic authenticity, sure. right? And that helps us connect with all of those things that are important in life. You know mm. our the people we love, the people we care for, the people we protect, the people we resource, mm. right? Mm. So if I want to know who I am, I have to have an ego. What we've lost is the art of putting boundaries around our own ego yeah. and, right. and keeping it honest. And I think that is that accountability group you were talking about. Bring men together, yeah. hold yeah. them accountable for yeah. who they are, yeah. and that mm. helps them manage their ego. And then once they learn to keep their ego under control, control yeah then they can start to think about others mm. without having their own personal agenda which is either oh love me or keep me mm. safe mm. or i'm not safe so i'm going to be aggressive mm. or i'm not comfortable or happy or you know contented or mm. uh, or yeah. clear about my purpose mm. so i'm going to impose controls and, and interference on others. Does that make sense, the yeah. idea? So what are we saying? Like find people to have that you have a real like – have a connection with, that have a meaningful connection with in your life. Absolutely. Like, and are prepared to call you on things, support you on things. Sure, yep. And, and it's not even being friends. Encourage you to no. be a – like you would work, be, be, be like working with you at work. I mean, like, oh, I'm working with, with Muzi tomorrow. Yeah. Uh, you know, well, the great thing about working with Christian is, that, you know, he doesn't tell me everything that he's done on the weekend and how and why he's so bloody good. I actually learn more working with him than I do with some of the other younger blokes. Mm. You know, just something like that. A good, yeah. good example, good so role the, model. You yeah, know? absolutely. Yeah. So I, I, I think that is like, I think you're really getting to the, the crutch of that point because a mentor is maybe a friend. Yeah, it may be a relative. It may be a, bo- a work colleague. Mm-hmm. Or it could be. It could be just someone you casually come into their s- sphere of. But you gather and you resource each other, right? Mm-hmm. And that happens through care, honesty, and um, a, an ability, a choice, an intentional ability to hold your judgment. You know, because mm-hmm. judgment mm-hmm. is a barrier to connection. Mm-hmm. 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 I, it's sort of uh, in my mind. I'm thinking of. Um, the analogy of tempering steel, of, yeah. of creating like okay. a sort of a stronger yeah. uh, alloy uh. and that, uh, that life is like a crucible and that uh, we are a, a sum of many different uh, con- 
parts, you know, in the recipe of the who molecules we are. come together. The molecules come together under f- under and fire and pressure. If they're under fire and pressure, now under fire and pressure, the impurities are burned off. Yeah, so true. And uh, and then we become a purer. It's a beautiful a purer analogy. substance. Well, well, and yeah. then we are ready to be worked. Yeah, and right. that work means at times hardship, and you know where we get folded and beaten and folded and beaten. Be- you know, so that uh, and then. Tempered in, you know, the oil quench where that yep. hardens the steel, which yep. is both flexible and hey. at the same time, you know, holds its edge. Absolutely. Uh, and that, uh, and, a, and essential for an edge. Essential for an edge. Yeah. 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 And that in life, I mean, there are, d- are times where we have, uh, through our history, th- those fires have burned hotter on the crucible. Yes. And burned us off quicker. And you know, absolutely. You know, and yeah. sort of um, that. Uh, Maybe perhaps, you know, with where we're at in modernity, and I'm not saying it's for everyone, but uh, that those fires are... So you're calling us soft. I'm calling... I'm calling <laughs> well, we haven't, we haven't submitted we haven't, to the forge. No, we're not... We have, and been, we don't seek the blacksmiths. Yeah, that's right. We need some blacksmiths we in do. our lives. You yeah. know, the, the spiritual blacksmith. And who, when you think about our choices mm. now, we have spent our entire lives, mm. right, seeking to make life easier, mm. yeah. right? And yet we're now probably... And, Pining yeah. for the times it wasn't. So yeah. now we've taken all of the challenge out of, mm. say, everyday life. So what do we do? We put a wingsuit on and jump mm. off a cliff. Yes, yeah, yeah. You know, that's right. Or we go climbing. Yeah. We go right? climbing. Yeah. We, set up, we set up adventures yeah. for ourselves to yeah. challenge ourselves. And so we know that this level of forge is necessary for us to be a, f- a complete best expression of who we sh- mm. can be. Mm. Yeah. But we don't build it into our lives We, uh, you know, as essential everyday activities so for a lot of people who struggle who don't have access to you know wingsuits and climbing tools right a lot of those guys are trying to forge themselves into something that has something of an edge Mm. so uh, how many young people who don't have a father who will promote that kind of boundary you know be the blacksmith yeah right how many young people don't have a community that even recognizes that as necessary yeah right i love you know we see this over and over again seeking help is not a person like we see it as a weakness and i see people unable to seek help as the weakness right yes yes yeah yeah our best expression is as a team there isn't a single Mm. fighting unit Mm. that is best expressed Mm. as Mm. oh let me go against the hordes Mm. you guys go home and watch telly yeah yeah right that doesn't work no let's Mm. work together yeah so in that you know in the crucible as you said so you know in the fire we seek other people to stand next to us. That's right. And it doesn't have to be a sort of yeah. a, a physical said, like adventure challenge. It can be just facing something within yourself. Uh, so you, men, men do not need uh, practical all mm. the time. No. Mm. We can be intellectual. We can yeah. be spiritual. We yeah. can be emotional. Yeah. Your father, mm. you know, you know his legacy is that's true. Yeah. I can be artistic, yeah, I can be creative, creative. Yeah. I can be emotionally connected as well as physically connected. Uh, you know, he, he's putting his, his uh, physical expression is his artwork mm. and he hands that out and then he says, no, that's, 
not just a painting, it's a no. meaning. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it's a right. story. Yeah. And he was uncompromising in his vision. Uh, he didn't create art for uh, for financial yeah. gain. Yeah, uh, that was nothing. That was nothing to do with his yeah. creative expression. Yeah. Uh, he his art was about the art and beholden to the beauty of the world. Yeah, mm, mm. Uh, and the mm, meaning of the mm, world. Mm, you yeah, know yeah. that the artwork you described. I, I see layers of meaning, mm-hmm. layers of intellect, layers of spirit. Mm-hmm. Right. And what's interesting is, does that dis- are we describing a man? Mm. Are we describing a warrior? Mm. Absolutely. Mm, sure. right? A man who's capable of holding his vision ahead of his personal comfort is a warrior. That's yeah. the definition of a warrior. Yeah. And yet is he in the box? Mm. You know, do, does the man box, you know, we spoke about yeah. that, yeah. does the man box include a picture of, oh, someone who makes meaningful art? Mm. Right? Well, some people might say it doesn't. That's the modern yeah. view. It doesn't. Mm. I say it absolutely does. Absolutely does. Yeah. Absolutely. So, so I'm so sorry. I'm, I'm really enjoying this conversation. And you know, we're, we're blending. A moment ago, we're blending shame into to help. And I'm sort of putting the two together for yeah, me. Absolutely. Right. So, That's so to job, learn to, to learn to some practices. Basically, we've got to be able to accept and sit in that discomfort of shame ultimately don't we yeah if if we are absolutely to be able to accept that help is that am i making sense in the sense that you're you're, you've just described the the obstacle yeah right because what every day like there's a bunch of blokes out there good men right who think they're doing you know doing everything they can but underneath there's some you know sure if i was to describe say one of the constant feedbacks i get talking to blokes Mm. it would be oh not exactly sure. I just feel a bit lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Right? Yes. And I, I would say men aren't broken, mm. right? You said that they, last week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Men are, men are uh, under, you know, they're, they're not sure where to go. Mm. Right? Mm. They don't have the GPS turned on. Mm. Mm. They don't have a vision or a purpose. They don't have a way Guidance, of, discipline, direction. Yeah, mm-hmm. they don't have any... They're not inspired. Like, mm. I've, I've said it before. Sure. Motivation, that, inspiration is smoke unless you give it purpose. Mm. Is that right. all age uh, groups? Or is there, are there sort of... Is there a prevalence of, like, you know, people talk about... Uh, I, I know that when I was in my late 20s, I felt a bit lost and... Yep. Uh, I went travelling. Yep. And uh, I thought, I'll, I'll find myself. I'll go elsewhere. Go. Yeah. And uh, turns out I was there the entire time. Wherever I went, there I was. Yeah, uh, which helped. See that, that, that that's a classic. Um, I love that because the purpose of traveling was to, you know, to grow. Yeah, right. To seek that, and of course, you know, I, I talk about uh, the seesaw, right, being a model where you know if you rely on someone sitting on it, right, to go up and down with life, right, when they jump off, you end up crashing. Right? Yes. But if you build the capacity to stand on the fulcrum yourself, you know, as a kid, yes, I used to yes, balance the yes, seesaw up and down, right. Yep. right? And it just I could move so yeah. that when the dip came, mm. right, it was me making small adjustments. Yeah. So yeah. I never yeah. crashed yeah. because I had control of the resources, the balance myself. I could mm. adjust. Mm. So if I require external inputs to seem to make my life meaningful, or to you know, to, for me to exercise confidence or connection or you know, love, right? If I can't survive the ups and downs of love without someone else external or something else external, then I'm destined to crash, Yeah. right? And the crash will be much more excessive mm. than if I accept that the ups and downs are mine to handle. Yeah. So mm. it goes back to what, what can I control? A man wants to control the world. What he actually has access to is not the world, 
he has access to himself. Yes. So start everything you do, right, which feel start with your who you are. Yeah. Right. The first question you ask is, or who am I mm. and how do I relate to this yeah. that's mm. sitting in front of me? Mm. What challenge mm. is it? Mm. You know, f- becoming a father, that first mm. – talk about a leap, right? I don't yeah. know how many books I read or classes I attended to. Yeah. The first time I saw my kid, I knew I was in new territory. Yeah. Oh, God. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Yeah. Now, I, so not yeah. only yeah. that, I expanded – Something in me I felt had expanded the capacity to both love and hate. Mm, yeah. You know, that spectrum had mm, grown. Yeah. And become vulnerable yeah. too. And, yeah. right, so a man's reaction could be uh, one of two things. Nice. Any, op- any opportunity rese- represents a choice. And any choice represent- we should see as having lots of options. So, you know, that process of, of pausing in the space that... Uh, Victor Frankl talks about between yeah. you know stimulus and response is a space, yeah. and in that space is a choice, and yeah. that choice can represent freedom mm. and growth. Mm. Yes, mm. if you don't give yourself space, mm. then you react. Mm. That is not control. No, that's right. No. right. No. So yeah. ask yourself, who am I? How do I relate to this? Yeah. What options do I have? Yeah. If we ask those three things, we're getting into that fact territory. Yeah. That we talked about on another yeah, show. Yeah. The yeah. idea of flexibility, you know. Accountability. Yeah. Um, curiosity. And test. Test. Yeah. yeah. Or challenge. Yeah. Yeah. So what's now? You know, did this yeah. work for me? Yeah. The only way we find out is by stepping yeah. forward into it and then, oh, what was the result? Yeah. So, and that goes back <laughs> to the question, who am I? How do I relate to this? Uh, Even uh, when we try something... Mm. And it doesn't feel like it worked. Mm. Go back to the question. Oh, what's the other options? Mm. Yeah. Does that make sense? I know, oh, like, mate, one hundred percent. I'm actually I'm going through certain scenarios that I'm in at the moment in my mm. in my world. You know. So can can I be you sure? Know, go can ahead, I be man. very vulnerable on your behalf? Sure, you go yeah. right ahead, man. This, morning, this afternoon, yeah, you know, when we started, and there was a technical hitch. Mm. It was a classic Absolutely. case mm. of you needing that space, right? Mm. Because you reacted with stress. Right, and you know, you know, and a classic situation where men call on what they are very comfortable with, mm. which is usually anger, aggression, or, or, yeah, so, yeah, know, yeah, that's right. You know, distance. Mm. The three things we're really good at in modern relationships are avoidance, detachment, and anger. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> and that's not working that, for us. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Right mm. now, all of those things are useful. Yeah, right, but we're using them inappropriately, and why? Because when you need to ask a question, what options have I got? We're going back to unresourceful options. Yeah. Because of the things we talked about, people in our world aren't giving mm. us accountability. Mm. We don't have the blacksmiths. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Right? So yeah. We, they haven't forged a mm. range of options we can choose, which is forbearance, patience, mm. understanding, compassion. Sure. Mm-hmm. Sure. They're the, mm-hmm. they're the things that take, mm. uh, you know, being beaten into us yeah. <laughs> yeah. with the hammer yeah, and the right. anvil. Yeah. And I might add too that... Uh, in order to uh, to be present, for, to make those decisions where we are presented with those options and we're asking ourselves the question, did that work for me? Yeah. Mm. If, if we are intoxicated, if we are drunk and yeah. if alcohol is what you've turned to, uh, to numb yourself, yeah. then you're not asking yourself those questions yeah. and you're not in the right space mm. uh, to be able to reflect 
uh, and to be accountable. And uh, yeah. instead, you are yeah. probably going to be making poorer decisions. Yeah, and and really just sort of gliding through just, uh, feel like life and just, situations without really. I think he's making me vulnerable now, not just you, John. He's, yeah, he's without talking really about me. Sort of, without really being present. Yeah, uh, well, which well, is I love what alcohol does. It's does a, that feel like a, you're being an accountable? Black, you know, a, a bit of a blacksmith for the, for this group. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's a alcohol's a central nervous system depressant. Yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah. it basically means you, you're not going to be present. You're not going to be there. Such to an, make those such an important so AOD and, and other forms of um, self medication. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So um, alcohol is just but one of many. Yeah. It's sanctioned, so, but there are literally yeah you know, dozens. Yeah. yeah, and yeah. and yeah. I I find that um, it's such an important discussion point, right? It's like suicide, though. It gets isolated on the end, right? Yeah. As a as a fruit, we need to focus on like domestic mm. violence at the mm. moment. You know these these areas, right? But we're, one of the things we're talking about is that is upstream yes. activity. Yeah. Mm. So at the end of these things, because mm. alcohol is a you know that depressive nature is being sought as an avoidance tactic. Yeah. Yes, yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So what, that. one of the choices we fall on is I can avoid, I can disassociate, or I can get angry. Mm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And those choices, which are more commonly available to men than other choices, they all roughly do the same thing, which is mm. solve a problem mm. by taking us out of it. Yes, yeah. that's right. We're putting right. the ambulance yes. in the car not park as it. opposed to the bottom of the cliff. Mm. Yeah, mm. yeah, exactly. Mm. Right. So we're not mm. actually in doing something to make it better. Mm. Where we we say, nah, the best option. We're just sidestepping. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's why all of this talk, you know, about men as monsters and men as dangerous. And men as toxic, all of that is exacerbating yeah. that very unresourceful solution. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. men will not be able to engage. Young men, you know, you've got 18 to 25-year-old men being formed, starting to accept the fact that they have a role that's larger than themselves, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Starting to accept the fact that other people might require them to be responsible, to make choices, to be available, right? And maybe the concept of forbearance and, and um, com- you know, empathy is mm. just building so you're starting to see others as, as worthwhile. Sure. At that point, society is now pointing a finger at them and saying you're toxic. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Mm. Or I you're broken. Just, yeah. 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 Or you're dangerous. Very destructive. Mm. Very destructive. Those men are saying, why would I bother yeah. doing something uncomfortable like yeah. learning empathy and forbearance and patience? Mm. I'm going to go to a guru who told me it's all about taking control. It's yeah. about dominance. It's about mm. being an alpha. Mm. Mm. That feels so much more compatible mm. and more palatable mm. right. than saying, oh, no, you've got to, you know, you've got to learn responsibility. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. And and so okay. society is, is trying to solve a problem mm. by f- creating the environment where the opposite will actually be be as likely as not. Mm. We go upstream and we start to work with young men and say, "You are not your behaviour. You every mistake you've made can be rectified. I have compassion for you as a uh, you know. While consequences are necessary, your actions need to be." You know, treated as you yeah. know, good or bad. Accountability mm. means mm. we recognise the consequences mm. of your action. But what I want to do is see you as a man. Know that the journey you are under is not over. Yes, and you can become more. 
Yes, and we have, uh, you know, as no, older men, well old said, men, yeah. but as older men, we've been through that journey. <laughs> That's the human journey, sure. right? Yeah. You know, multiple so opportunities just mm. to be mm. a better person throughout every moment of every day. Mm. As a, and, uh, yeah. No, you know, sure. if you adopt that uh, paradigm that you've just been describing of, um, you know, paying attention and, uh, and re-examination of, of where you're at and thinking, am I a better person for this? And uh, how, do I, how do I move forward and how do I, um, you know, optimising the, the best parts of yourself and trying to eradicate those that you don't like in yourself? Yep. Well, then, yeah. And by the end of it, by we sort of move on in life and we become the elders, don't we? We take our place by the we campfire. We take our place by the campfire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or, you know, or take up the yeah. hammer. And there's many different paths to, to arrive there. It is... It is this so true. I, I um, as I mentioned earlier before we were on, um, I, that I had a course. I'm finishing the course tonight, uh, training mentors, and, and uh, we got to the point where I talk about, uh, which is a, a, a psychological concept called you know around people centered therapy, right? Which is unconditional positive regard, right? Which is a sense of to create a safe space. You intentionally walk in, uh, working with another man. You say I. You are not your behaviours, you're not your actions, you're not your deeds, your thoughts, your opinions. You're a man, right? So you get a certain level of respect. I treat you as an individual. Uh, and, um, of course, we would, you know, the group was just discussing the challenge in that. Mm. Because these, these men um, rightly declare uh, as abhorrent some of the mm. outcomes mm. and behaviours, mm. right? Mm. We, 57 women have died so far this year due to you know, domestic violence. That is abhorrent. Mm. Right? That's absolutely yeah. un- unconscionable sure. behaviour. Sure. And they asked me directly, how how do I maintain a positive regard for men who are guilty of those actions? Yes. And I had to say, look, I can't teach you that. You've yeah. got to solve that yeah. problem yourself. You've got to have a good, hard, long look at yourself and say, can I do this? And then yeah. understand your own boundaries and maybe work on it. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. for me... I did the work. Yeah. So I see these men, I, I am compassionate towards men, even the men who are guilty of the worst things, Yes. even mm. though I'm, I like, there's a sense of revulsion around yes. the behaviour. Mm. Yes. Yeah. So the, uh, interestingly... Yeah, I, I noticed that, John. Yeah. I, interestingly, I talked about this during my eulogy for my father wow. because he was a great one for expressing that and for demonstrating that. And he, one of his wonderful characteristics was that he was very much prepared to put aside uh, people's uh, perceptions yeah. of other mm-hmm. men, specifically mostly about men, uh, who had performed some sort of abhorrent action, yeah. uh, mm. some social misdemeanour, yeah. where everyone else was prepared to, excuse my language, shit-can them. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. My dad yeah. really preferred to get underneath that and have a look at the, at the person yeah. underneath that, yeah. that wow. layer. So, for example, uh, there's a, a, a man who, uh, Jack Van Tongeren, now, Jack Van Tongeren, I don't know if you know this name, there's a podcast about him on the ABC at the moment called Firestarter. Oh, yeah. uh, in yeah. the 80s, uh, he perpetrated a series of crimes in Perth yeah. uh, as a neo-Nazi yeah. uh, and firebombed Chinese restaurants yeah. and ran the, the Australian nationalist movement, which yeah. was very much Asians out yeah. and uh, had a, almost like a reign of terror, yeah. really, yeah. In, yeah. in Western yeah. Australia and the yeah. rest of Australia. Now, he, he got convicted and went to jail. Mm. Strangely, uh, he's connected to my father via uh, Jack's sister. 
who is a lovely, lovely, lovely woman and a creative soul herself. Uh, and Jack had spent his time in prison mm. and in prison he turned over a new leaf and started to make art. Right. And did a really remarkable job mm. of making mm. art. Mm. And my father had seen his work uh, through mm. his sister and was, was perplexed by the, the, the paradox of mm. here is a man mm. who is much maligned, has spent time in prison, mm. uh, has um, very yeah. um, like extremist views yeah. mm. uh, that certainly don't agree with my dad's politics. Yeah. Um, and at the same time is capable of making amazing art. Mm. So he went and visited Jack wow. on his property in South Australia and wow. spent time with him to get to know him. Wow. Well, it's, 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 it's very similar to the story of Chopper Reed, isn't it? Yeah. You know, there's a convicted mm. murderer and mm. a standover man and, you know, all the things that he did. And, you know, and we grandiosio the bloke. That, yeah, you know, like that's he's, right. We, yeah. we love it because he was a funny man. He was yeah, a yeah. character. Yeah. You had a beer and, with him, right? He, yeah. he, he, he connected up here to Adam Cullen. Yeah. You know, yeah. as the artist yeah. who lived up so, here in the mountains. So did your dad, what was his opinion? Well, he sorry, yeah. Well, he said that, um, so, yeah, yeah. They, they had a discussion uh, that while he was there visiting Jack. They talked a little bit about Jack's past. And my dad just basically sat and listened to what he had to say. Yeah. Well, and he still held very yeah. uh, extremist views. But he wasn't there to talk about that. He was there to talk about art. Oh, yeah. And he's, he thought his art, he was a landscape painter now, it was absolutely remarkable. So uh, that, was, that was not an unusual thing that my dad was prepared to do. Mm. And in part it was also because it allowed him then to un- try and understand the human yeah. condition. Uh, yeah. How are people capable of this sort of thought and can produce art at the same time? So your dad's a rare bird, right? And I love that connection mm. to mm. bird. Mm. Yeah. Right? But um, and I, I, like, it sings to me so, like because my, the, the, how I did, you know, how I decided compassion was rare wasn't just about, like, curiosity is the superpower, right? Yeah. So, you know, mm. to give someone grace, you need to have grace, which is gratitude, respect, attention, curiosity and empathy, right? But <laughs> um, my, what I realised is not just, it's not about me judging them and seeing, you know, it's, it's as best I can trying to understand them and then trying to understand me. Yeah. Because... If I can see myself in them, do I then decide to condemn me because it's only luck that is the difference between what I've done and and what they've done? Mm. So one of the pathways to being compassionate for men who have made terrible decisions is realising the circumstance in which they found themselves was not dissimilar to some circumstances in which I've yes. been through. Yeah. And it was luck or education or character or maybe someone in my life had been more of a blacksmith than theirs. Yes, yeah. And I was able to make a different decision. Yeah, yeah. And, but is it possible for me to see myself in that circumstance? Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So at the f- – and it was fear of having to condemn myself that's decided – to forgive myself and, as a consequence, learn how to forgive them their worst excesses. Yeah, right, yes. Not the behaviour, the consequences. I'm not get letting them... Forgiving someone is not letting them off the hook. Yeah. Forgive someone is recognising that the pathway was a contributor, that they are still a person and that being a person who can make amends and grow is probably more important than being a person who is beaten down and, and punished. 
Yeah, yeah. I don't know if that makes mm. sense. Yeah, no, it makes sense. One of my uh, great challenges as a paramedic, and I think any paramedic or wow. medical yeah. uh, practitioner will have this challenge, is providing the highest level of clinical care and compassion for somebody who has done something utterly deplorable. Yeah. And, and that's and that's that's massive for and what you guys do, isn't it? in situations where, yeah. like, for example, a murder has been yeah. perpetrated yeah. and the the per, like a murder suicide yeah. where the yeah. uh, perpetrator mm-hmm. has has then needs medical attention wow. yeah. after having yeah. killed their spouse. Yeah. And me having to provide them with the highest level of care mm. and that mm. conflict that that sets up. Yeah. Within you, like you know, yeah. you know, are they deserving? Where is the justice? Uh, who am I to be, you know, gi- you know, giving you care when you've just taken someone's life? So, did, have you gone down a similar path then, well, recognizing I've, yourself yeah, you ha- in there? You, ha- you have to. Yeah, you kind of have to, um, and realize that uh, pe- people are very complex, and uh, if you're going to do something like that, you are very complex. Yeah. And that the mistakes get made, and that the the events that have taken that mm. you know person to the, that man, usually man, oh, to a point in their life where they have killed their children or killed their spouse, I can't even begin to fathom how, in mm. my short interaction, mm. why they're there. Yeah. Mm. And mm. I have to put all of that aside. Really, I'm, I'm there to do my I'm there to do my job, you know, right? Okay, so I've got to do my job. At the very least, I'm there to do a job. And that job is to save that person's life for no other reason possibly that they can face a court of justice later. It's not for us to judge. But that's not for me to work out. That's for the court to decide later on. That's amazing. Mm. Um, But it does set up a a very difficult uh, challenge. Mm. Um, And that kind of rounds it back to it'll be the people you call around to support you through and discuss and sort of reveal and be vulnerable to Mm. um, that will support you through that post-challenge, right? And uh, the voice of lived experience, people who know, people who have gone through it, those elder people. That's right. They'll they'll, they'll be important in that space. What do I do here? Mm. How can I I resolve this this dilemma that I've I've stumbled across through Mm. no other reason that I've been at work? Mm. and uh, this job has dropped into my lap. Mm. So they are very challenging. But once again, that's, that's a little bit about forging a stronger self. Absolutely. Uh, through setting those dilemmas, they get presented to us in different ways mm. and mm. it's an opportunity to forge a stronger person. So within us uh, through those steps that you're talking about. Thank goodness you do it, mate, because we desperately yeah, need mate. people like yeah. yourself. <laughs> good men making yeah. good decisions. Uh, well done. Thank well, you. Well, good show, boys. Oh my Fantastic. God, look at the I know, it's, gone, it's, it's really gone through really quick, hasn't it? Um, it's really a lot of food for thought there, you know, for me. I, I just sort of sitting back and taking this all in. And then yeah, sorry, to, mate, we shut you up. No, no <laughs> well, that's, you know, it's kudos for that, isn't it, alone? You, that, that's, uh, that's as rare as rocking all shit to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. You know. The good news is uh, the answers are complicated and you know what that means? More mental, yeah. men's mental <laughs> health shows to try <laughs> and work it all out. We've got another hundred or so. We've got another, to, yeah, yeah, another yeah. couple of yeah. thousand shows yeah, yeah, before yeah, we can definitely. even begin to resolve all this stuff that they call life. Yeah, we're asking and, more questions and than manhood. Yeah, that's yeah. the downside of having people that are smarter than you come in on your own show is, you know, it's, 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 not only do I feel stupid sometimes, but it's just it's so congestive. Uh, there's a lot to, to work with, you know, to work mm. on here. And mm. it's, um, I, I just love the, uh, the dynamic 
connection between you two. The guy, you know, it's a, it's a wonderful. I love how you, you you put some perfect examples of life or of how you've spoken of your yeah. father and mm. and John. Just just how you're able to sort of explain these things on layman's terms and. You know, I love the fact that both of you are very objective, um, yeah. you know, yeah. towards your outlook of, of not just men, other people, of, thank, of us as a whole. Thank you for saying that. Yeah. You know, like, that's a place I appreciate the opportunity yeah. to be de- uncomfortable about compliments. So Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> don't get us started on that again. Yeah, yeah. It's a men's mental health show. It's, uh, it's been a terrific show with uh, Christian Mortensen and, and uh, John Millan. John... You okay for me giving your number out, mate? I I, w- I, w- I I love to talk to blokes. If anyone wants to ask a question or have a chat about something, uh, yeah. please contact me. Right, it's one so of my favourite things. So they can get you on Facebook, obviously. It's, yeah, it's, Facebook. It's, 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 it's JM Mel- Coaching, right? JM uh, Coaching. Yeah, uh, and um, or JMU Coaching. I think the link is and um, uh, yeah, and John Millam, uh, Northern Northern Beaches Men, Northern Beaches Cares, Northern Beaches Men, so uh, Parents Beyond Breakup. Yeah, uh, I dads, do Dads, dads in, distress. in Distress. Yeah, I do. Uh, yeah, so yeah, and so they can get you through Messenger, or can I give you? Yeah, yeah, give my mobile number. That's all over right, the place. And so even if you're listening to this abroad, you can give John a call. And, absolutely. You, know, you can maybe do a Zoom or a check-in, and that's his yeah. number zero four two two six seven two zero four nine zero four two two six seven two. Zero four nine. Um, it's been a, a terrific year um, this year for, for the show. You know, we're coming off the back of a couple of pretty tough years um, for us as all and, and you mm. know, globally, really. Um, but, it, you know, Bodie and I are very appreciative towards you two blokes coming in and, and just, you know, throwing yourselves out there and, and giving the knowledge being and experience. Being telling our stories. Yeah. And, uh, and, well, you know, being real men. Well, know? I know... Um, Coming up to Christmas, it's a time of connection. Yes, yeah. but it can all—you uh, know—that's a huge and, ch- and challenge too. Yeah, huge yes. trigger. Yeah, I see a lot of it in the community this so, time of yeah. year. Yeah, so for you, Morts, and for all the people out there yeah. who are challenged, it's yeah. a time where I struggle a bit. So yeah, I really course, uh, I understand and recognise uh, the people out there because uh, Christmas is a slap in the face of people who uh, don't feel like celebrating. Yeah. No, that's yeah. right. Yeah. It, I would say it's the most challenging time of year. I reckon you're right. Mate. It is yeah. the yeah. most yeah. challenging time yeah. of year. So I just want to note, you know, first of all, everyone have a great Christmas and if it's not great, yeah. uh, I, that's wish, okay. yeah, yeah, yes. I wish you are well surviving it and yeah. uh, coming into I the agree. next year we'll do it better than I, I agree. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, no, well said, man. Well said. So, so thanks to everybody that's come on the show this year, or to the everyone that's listened and tuned in everyone that's written to me um, and everyone that's able or been able to share or, or forward this program onto other people um, they're the ones that are helping us make this grow and as well as uh, of course the likes of Christian and John today so and Bodie and Bodie yeah man mm, he's Bodie. over in NZ no doubt he'll probably mm. be listening I'm looking forward uh, to some New Year's poetry <laughs> uh, mate he, he wrote a cracker the other day because Benji Boy's therapy dog Sadly, yeah. passed away, oh, right. and okay. uh, it was we were at the men's start. It was a fan, mm. fantastic poem, mm. but uh, he'll be back early in the new year. I think you're going to be first cab off the rank. Oh we're yes, doing the yeah. ninth. Yeah, okay, uh, whether we do a, a show with perhaps we we have a foursome. Oh, that'd be. Um, and then the wonderful Penny Holbrook's going to join us on the thirtieth of January. So there will be uh, maybe two, maybe three shows because I'm away in part partly in January. But uh, we look forward to to having the listeners back and the guests and and uh, yeah, logging in for 2024. We'll bring it on. Don't forget yeah. to slip, slop, slap this summer. <laughs> exactly <laughs> Stay right. out of the sun. Yeah, exactly you know. right. Don't, don't get burned. Don't get burned. <laughs> don't get burned. Throw yourself into the fire, but don't get burned. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> 
good. All right, guys. All the best. And uh, remember, let's not be so quick to judge. Yes. Just be kind good to yeah. each other. Thanks, everyone. Thanks, uh, Brad.